0: Uh, from the Gospel according to Luke Chapter 24 verses 13 to 35 Now that same day Two of them were going to a village called Emmaus About seven miles from Jerusalem They were talking with each other, with each other About everything that had happened As they talked and discussed these things With each other Jesus himself came up And walked along with them but they were kept from recognizing him he asked them what are you discussing together as you walk along they stood still their faces downcast one of them named Cleopas asked him are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days what things Jesus asked About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in words and deed, before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it's the third day since this all took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came out and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, "'How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken.'" Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us? They got up and returned to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together. And saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on their way and how Jesus was recognised by them when he broke bread. I've got another scripture reading, one verse from Isaiah. Isaiah forty two sixteen. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known Along unfamiliar paths I will guide them I will turn the darkness into light before them And make the rough places smooth These are the things I will do I will not forsake them Amen
1: Whoever said notices were dull Bless you, Beryl. Where are you? There you are. Carol would have mentioned Jim, but she would have got too emotional if she had mentioned it before she sang. So she she decided against that. Good move. Um, just to, for those of you who don't know a lot about us, uh, we our claim to fame is that we were the first couple, me and Carol, to be married in this building. What about that? How good's that? Almost 150 years ago. <laughs> I don't think I've met Gary before today I like Gary already Because he let me borrow his clicker Which hopefully is working And uh, when I was sat next to my daughter Leah He came up to me and says Is this your... No it can't be your (laughs) I think for a moment he thought Leah was my wife Which has made my day and totally wrecked Leah's Right who remembers three months ago? Snow. And we've been basking. Well, in Nelson we've been basking in the sun. I'm disappointed today. I came over and it's great. Has it been like this for the last three months over here? <laughs> Have you had any sunshine? It's been glorious where we've been. But you know, seasons change. And people change. And life changes. And we're on a journey together. This is my title this morning navigating life's journey and sometimes it takes a bit of navigating Billy Graham said this my home is in heaven I'm just travelling through this world and that's what Jim did everything in our lives is constantly changing our children grow up they move on our health changes, we lose loved ones our finances change, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. We move jobs, we move homes. People move in jobs all the time these days. Things happen, life moves on. And one of the readings that we looked at this morning was that in Isaiah, where the Lord says, along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. Things happen that sometimes we don't prepare for. Like today with the notices. And you know, sometimes we think when people stand up here, we've got our, our lives are all together. We have no problems, we have no difficulties. And sometimes Christians who stand at the front can convey this life that is perfect. Today is not going to be one of those occasions that I share something that happened to me. Yet sometimes we, we, we think that some Christians have a direct line to God. And God's speaking to them all the time. And sometimes, you know, that's not, that's not strictly true. God reminded me a few months ago of a st- staggering example of my total inaptitude. Something happened, this, this story that I'm going to give you, the condensed version, happened some years ago. But God brought it to my attention, I think, to teach me some things. I, um, I'm regularly, navigationally challenged. In other words, I get lost a lot. And uh, I used to work at the college, Hackington and Rosendale College. Anybody been to that college? Yeah. And I was in the building department. And we used to um, enter students into competitions. In this particular year, every area of the construction department had got a student in a national final competition. Fantastic. So the idea was we were going to accompany them to the competition, we would... Uh, look after them, make sure they did everything right, make sure they didn't get into trouble and we would meet with them at a different venue on the Saturday night and if they won they would get a prize, and a certificate and a medal and most of the students did, but that's not what I'm telling you this the reason I'm telling you this is that I went to Manchester and it took me three and a half hours it all started badly, that day my car wouldn't start so, at the motor vehicle section, I managed to get it to work, they started looking at the car and they said, we'll have a look at it, so everybody else went off to Manchester. Eventually my car got stuck, start- my car would start, so I set off about three o'clock in the afternoon. I had some paperwork, I just quickly had a look at the paperwork, where am I going? Airport hotel. I thought, well that's gotta be at the airport. I know where that is. Straight to the airport, 45 minutes, gets there, no airport hotel at the airport. How crazy is that? Every other hotel you can think of, but no airport hotel. So I thought, this is not good. So I went into one of these hotels, got a piece of paper out, and the guy said, no, it's a Britannica hotel, not the airport hotel. I thought, oh, I haven't read it right. He said, you need to go right into the centre of Manchester. So he directed me. I got into the centre of Manchester, lost. I don't know about you, but every time I ask somebody when I'm lost, I always find somebody who's new. Everybody, nobody knew where this place were. And I'm driving around getting totally frustrated and Aggravated and I found someone And said go down there, turn left and you'll, you'll be in the area I went down this street, turn left And I noticed something strange Everybody else is coming the wrong direction <laughs> Everybody's coming at me in cars I thought they can't all be wrong So I stopped Within seconds a police van arrived Pulled in front of me Jumped out, I thought I'm in trouble here. I'm going to have to think fast So I said am I glad to see you to which they said, why? I said, well, I'm lost. They said, you're not kidding. This is a one-way street. We're going to have to stop all the traffic while you turn your vehicle around. So they stopped all the traffic. I turned the vehicle round, And they said, where are you going? I told them where I'm going, this Britannica hotel. They give me all these instructions again. I thought, I can't cope with this. I said, you wouldn't mind just escorting me there, would you? Can I follow you in your nice police car, van, to the hotel? So they said, okay, you can strange enough so I followed them and they were a bit of waving and plapping and flashing and I saw it Stopped outside I thought this is the place a guy with a nice big top hat on came running down the stairs he said you cannot stop here you will get towed instantly tried the car it wouldn't start. he said you can't leave it here they'll take it away I said well I'll have to run in the hotel find my colleagues get them to shove the car over to the car park he said, "What's well, your risk. Gets into the hotel, massive queue. I'm going down, get, people are getting served at the reception. It's next, my turn is next. The guy comes back up the stairs and the police are outside your car. I runs back downstairs and the police said, what are you doing? I said, I've just parked temporarily. In fact, I haven't parked, the car wouldn't start. They said, yes, we've heard that before. Get in the car. And so I thought, Phew. he said, you're going to get towed. I gets in the car and prayed a prayer that probably nobody's prayed before I don't want this car to start Lord, <laughs> because there were three policemen determined to boot me turned the engine it didn't start the, guy, the policeman said try it again I tried it again it wouldn't start and I went yes he said okay so three policemen then pushed my car to the car park I paid to get in the car park Goes back to the hotel long queue again. Again, this is a short version. Gets to the desk, takes the piece of paper out. Said I'm booked in. They said, "Yeah, but this is for Saturday night, not tonight. This is for Wednesday. You need to be at the airport hotel." I said, "Where's that?" He said, "It's near the airport." So gets in the car, miles away. Eventually, asking loads and loads of people. And then the, my mobile phone rang. Now, it was a second-hand mobile phone that Leah had lent me. I had no numbers on it, absolutely no preparation. I couldn't ring anybody. She rang me, and she said, uh, the line manager at the hotel where you should have been three hours ago, he's a bit worried, he's a bit stressed. I said, he's a bit stressed. <laughs> uh, he wants to know where you are. I couldn't ring him, so I think Leah rang him back and said, I'm coming. He rang my phone as I'm coming down this long road, and he said, I'm in the middle of the road, waving. Can you see me? And I'm like, yes. Gets there and parks up and met him. Why have I told you that horrendous story to show you my total inaptitude? Well, God's learned me three things about that. Three very important things. One, prepare. I got lost. Seriously lost. Three and a half hours to Manchester text I'm doing... Lost. And so I thought, I wonder what lost actually means. Because we all, we all know what lost is. Obviously, not knowing where you are or how to get to a certain place. But the, 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 other, the second definition in the dictionary says this. Not confident and not knowing what to do in a particular situation. Not confident and not knowing what to do in a particular situation. I guess all of us have been like that. All of us at some point have either been physically lost we've got to a point or a place where we're not confident at what to do. After that particular episode, my children decided to buy me a sat-nav. Thank the Lord for sat-navs. GPS. Global positioning system. Fantastic. I don't think I've been lost since. I won't go anywhere without it. I can't find my way out of Ikea without somebody else with me. So we're talking about somebody who can get lost very easily. So I always have the sat-nav. And when I started looking at the sat-nav, why it's such a wonderful piece of equipment, basically it works on satellites, connecting to satellites. And it's got to be connected to any three at any time to locate exactly where you are on the planet. Three things, and I just thought, well, there's three things that we probably need, or God showed me there's three things that we need to help us if we're in a situation where we might get lost. And that's prepare for each day. My preparation for going to Manchester in that competition, we're just pulling something out of an envelope and look, putting it back in and have a quick look. And yet, you know, we go into each day of our lives as Christians, and yet we don't sometimes have time for God. Sometimes we rush off. And now we all live extremely busy lives And we say, well, I haven't time to pray this morning. I haven't time to read. I haven't time to do anything. I just get out of bed. You don't know how busy my life is. I was busy that day. With a bit of preparation, my life would have been a lot less stressful. It says in the Bible that his disciples often were people who lost their way. But Jesus, spending time with Jesus kept them on the right path. Preparation. If you can just about see that, that's a mouse preparing to get some cheese off a trap. Benjamin Franklin said this, By failing to prepare, you prepare to fail. You know, sometimes we just go into each day not knowing what's ahead of us and we haven't actually spent any time at all with God in advance. The Bible says, Make an effort. Make every effort, the Bible says. And it is an effort. It is an effort to spend time with God in the midst of our busy lives. And people say, well, I have no time in the morning. Well, you can prepare the night before. If you want to really get the best out of your Christian life, you really have to spend some time preparing with God. In Acts 4... Verse 13, it says this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realised they were unschooled and just ordinary men. They were astonished and took note because these men had been with Jesus. You know, if we want to get through life the best possible way that God wants us to get through life, we have to spend some time with him. And the amount of time... Is not all that important. The fact is that we spend some time with him each day on our own. And that is a choice that we've got to make every day. Are we prepared to put the alarm on 10 minutes earlier? Are we prepared to shut the television off 10 minutes sooner at night so we can prepare for the day before? God's not bothered whether we prepare in the evening or in the morning, but he wants us to spend some time with him before we face the day. And most people, I've talked to a lot of people and they've said, well, I have no time. You don't know how how difficult it is to pick the Bible up. I saw on a recent survey that people look at their mobile phones at least 60 times a day. 60 times a day. And that challenged me as well. It's an effort. But do we want to get the best out of our lives? Do we want God to show us how to get through life, with, ideally, without getting lost? You need to add to your faith. It says in Peter, add to your faith, goodness, faithfulness and knowledge. How can we do that unless we prepare to spend some time with God? Reading God's words has got to be a priority for all of us. If we want to go on, however old we are, however young we are, we need to start our days with God. We need to make a schedule. We need to change our habits. We need to do what God wants us to do and that's spend time with him. There's so many things that we take advice from these days, and it's sad. And there's four things, basically, that people look to rather than God's word. And one is culture. Well, everybody's doing it, so it must be right. Culture is not the way forward. Tradition, we've always done it this way, so let's keep doing it this way. Or reason, people use reason for guidance. But it seems logical, So therefore, let's do it. Or emotion. Well, this new way feels right, so let's go with it. We need to pursue God's word and we need to spend time with him if he's to keep us on the right path. Somebody said your pursuit of God reveals your passion for God or your lack of it. And sometimes that might mean that we've got to sacrifice other things. We've got to sacrifice a few moments in bed or a few minutes in bed. We've got to sacrifice Facebook or whatever else we do that takes time away from God. The second thing of the three things that we need to do to prevent us or help us if we get lost is to plan. Now sometimes you can't always plan for everything, but you can prepare for unexpected For years and years I had had no sort of breakdown recovery. That wouldn't have helped me as it happened on my last epic uh, of getting lost. But we need to prepare for the day. So how do we prepare? Well, part of it is is reading God's word. But we need to prepare that things are likely to go wrong. And I wonder what you do and I wonder what I do if things go wrong in our lives. Even though we might have spent some time with God and and reading God's word and praying doesn't mean that things won't go wrong. Things do happen. It says in Philippians, even when I was in Thessalonica, Thessalonica, you sent me help more than once, Paul said. So we need people. We need people in our lives. We need relationships with people now who are going to be there for us when we've got troubles and difficulties. We need to have authentic relationships with people who are going to stand with us. We need to build friendships. People who we can call People who can be honest with us, people who can help us, people who can we can trust, people who we can share our hearts with, people who can give us wise counsel, and people, we need to give people permission to disagree with us and to speak into our lives if we're doing things wrong. The seasons, you know, we all go through when nothing seems to make sense. And we need sometimes to lean on the faith of other people because our faith can be so weak. So in order to plan, we need people. We need to build relationships. And that probably won't be 20, 30, 40 people. It might just be a handful of people that you, you, can, you can call. You, can, you know who's going to be there for you. There's an interesting story in the Bible where uh, John and Peter are tired. And exhausted, they'd been trying to fish all night and they didn't know what to do. But John, who doesn't often say a lot, noticed Jesus in the distance. And and John was the one who pointed out to Peter, look, there's Jesus. And you know, sometimes we need people in our lives who can point us back to Jesus. And once, uh, once Peter had seen Jesus, action man kicks in, he dives in the water and runs to him. But he needed somebody else to point him back in the right direction. How many people saw The Blue Planet with Richard Attenborough? Amazing, absolutely amazing documentary on the BBC. And the thing that stood out to me were these these little penguins. There they are in minus 40 degrees C, freezing to death. And basically, what they send the husband out shopping for the fish, and that's dangerous for a start, isn't it? You probably get the wrong ones if you're like me. Um... And then they all come back and form a huddle in the middle. And when uh, the the people who've been photographing these penguins, they just noticed something extremely amazing, that they used to take turns at being on the outside. And then the ones on the outside would move closer to the middle. And then they would move on to the outside. And you know, that's like our Christian faith should be. Sometimes we need people who are going to stand in front of us and be with us. And protect us and sometimes we need to be that person who's on the front line, protecting them. The only thing I did right that day on my horrendous journey of getting lost was keep going. That's the only thing I did right, I just kept going. I just kept going. I could have easily thought, psych this, I'm going home. Psych the competition. I don't care who wins. Incidentally, all our students won medals, um, but I just thought I've got to keep going. I've got to keep going. I've no idea what I'm doing, but I've got to keep going. How many people have been like that? You've no idea how you're going to get through the next day, the next hour, but God says to you, "You've got to keep going." Philippians chapter three, verse fourteen says this: "Persist." And maybe that's a word for you this morning. Somebody here this morning is really struggling. God's maybe saying to you, you've got to just stick at it. You've got to keep going. And maybe you were one of the people in this morning who needs to stand with that person. It says in Chronicles, we, not, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And sometimes that's all we can do. We can just look to God, we don't know what to do. And it's often on the people who've got to stand there with us and stand for us. often when Christians become under too much pressure they give up. Church becomes infrequent sack that off and I know people like that and you will they've just got so exhausted by life they just drift away. In Acts 4 Peter and John have been in prison and it says this in Acts chapter 4, 23 they've been in prison they were obviously tired and exhausted but this is the first thing they did on their release Peter and John went back to their own people. You know, we need to make sure that we don't lose our habit of coming to church, even if we're going through difficulties. We need people in our lives. When we look back over our lives, we can't undo things that have happened, things that have have cropped up, things that we didn't plan for. But, you know, the early early church had people who ran the church, who made mistakes, Peter betrayed Jesus. Paul actually killed Christians. But look how God used them. And following Jesus doesn't mean that we won't occasionally get lost. We will. We'll mess up. The main bulk of the reading was the the story of the two people going on the Amish Road. It finishes up, if you look at the story, they went back to where they came from. Because they actually were going the wrong way. But had they not gone through that journey, they wouldn't have met with Jesus. And the other interesting thing is, they didn't even know Jesus was there in the midst of the, their conversation. They were just trudging along on this journey, feeling lost, feeling down because of what happened and when Jesus had died. And he met with them, and they didn't even recognize him straight away. And you know, God wants to meet with us, and we need to be listening. We need to be listening for Jesus' voice. Even though they were going the wrong way, he was with them. Sometimes, you know, as Christians, we can get tired, we can get burnt out. And we can think, God is never satisfied with us because I've I've messed up, I've done things wrong. But our God, the God that we serve, the God that we've been singing about and hearing about this morning, is a God of the well done. He wants to congratulate you for working so hard for him and being faithful to him. And he wants to honour your faith and your faithfulness. Sometimes God sends opportunities and they disguise as problems to strengthen our faith, and if we get through these things, we can become stronger. Keep going, press on. What about you this morning? Have you been lost? Are you lost? Maybe there's somebody here this morning who's never come to God. you've never experienced salvation, and maybe you need to come to God this morning. Maybe you're going through a situation where you just don't know where to turn. Maybe you need somebody to stand with you. Maybe you need to be open enough to tell somebody you need the support. You need encouragement. Where are you this morning? In a situation where you don't know what you're doing or you're lost. It says in Isaiah forty-six, ten. God determines the beginning and the end. So whatever you're facing today, it's not the end. it can be the beginning. And in Romans 144 it says this, "With the Lord's help, I will stand. Maybe everything in your life is fantastic at the moment. I hope it is. But we do need to prepare for when things potentially can go wrong. We need to have things in place, we need to have friends in place so that they can be with us they can stand with us but we need to spend time with God on a daily basis in order to prepare us let's just pray for a moment Father God we thank you that you value as we've been hearing in the songs one even though You'd leave the 99 for 1. And we thank you, Lord, for your word that tells us about the lost coin. How the lady looked for the lost coin. We thank you, Lord, that your word reminds us that one lost sheep is worth leaving. The herd to be found. And we thank you again about the prodigal son whose son was lost. And the father welcomed him home. And we thank you, Lord, that wherever we are in our journey, you are with us and that you want the best for us. And we do ask, Lord, that we would honour you by spending time with you, that we would plan for each day, that we would prepare, that we would have things in place, people in place, we would get into your words so that we can be strengthened for when things don't happen, happen the way that we want them to happen. And Lord, as any of us today struggling, feeling like giving up, we pray you would give us the grace to persist and to press on. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.